Hello, everybody. This is John Paul Kersey on Camera Attack. Today, we're going to talk about is photography phones going to replace the camera. And when I say photography phones, I just mean all phones in general because they're getting better and better. So after this intro, we're going to talk about our mobile phones replacing the camera. Camera Attack. Camera attack. Don't let your wallet get attacked by a camera. Camera attack. Camera attack. Don't get mad at the facts. Anyways, welcome back. Welcome to Camera Attack. We're going to sit here and talk about if mobile phones are going to replace cameras. And the short answer to all this is possibly. But stay tuned, and here's why. These are my thoughts and my opinions only. None of this stuff is facts. Well, some of it is, and some of it isn't. But what isn't is just opinion. And everyone has the right to their opinion. Okay, the first thing I want to pull out is if mobile phones are going to replace the DSLR and the mirrorless cameras. The thing I want to say is computational photography is what the mobile phone is made out of. And does photography even look as good on the cameras like the DSLRs and the mirrorless? What is computational photography anyways? Well, we're going to get to it. The coverage of a computer graphics, it's refers to the digital image captured to the processing techniques that use digital computation computation instead of optical process. And when they say optical process, they mean something in the lines of a lens and kind of the sensor. So let's look at the iPhone 12 Pro Max. The sensor size is 12 megapixels. I had a hard time trying to find whether or not the sensor is similar to the same size as the 1.33 by 1 inch sensor on the Samsung S21 5G, but I just kept coming up with information about saying that the 12 Pro Max sensor is is about 12 megapixels, 26 equivalent to the f1.6 aperture lens sensor shift. And they got sensor shift in that bad boy. Ultra wide is 13 millimeters equivalent at f2.4, and that's your aperture. Telephone, the telephoto lens, <laughs> and it's kind of funny that they were they basically said this is a telephoto lens, but I can see it's, it's I guess it's past 50, so I guess it is. But the telephoto 65 millimeter equivalent is f2.2 aperture. Um, and the cool thing is with the iPhone, the new iPhone 12s, is that they have LiDAR depth sensing. And basically, LiDAR depth is perception, 23 million depth points per second of data. So it basically gives you depth points where you can add fake um, uh, background blur, essentially, and you're making your aperture more blurred out than it actually is. And that's a part of computational photography. 
Okay, so let's look at the Samsung sensor, um, the S21 5G. Sensor size is, like I said before, 1 over 1.33 of an inch. Its main camera is a whopping 108 megapixel at f1.8 aperture. Um, the camera, which uses Samsung's latest ISO sensor, um, the other the other lens is 12 megapixels at f2.2 ultra wide camera with a 120 degree field of view and then the other two i believe are 10 megapixels uh, three times the optical zoom and 10 times the optical zoom and boy do they look not the greatest in my opinion um samsung has 8k video recording at 24 frames per second um, does 60 frames per second and FHD and UHD. Um, also, the macro modes means photography that is the minimum focal distance that you go with your lens and still acquire focus. Um, that's what macro modes mean on the, the lenses. And when they talk about macro modes, it's just going very close, like like getting very close with your lens and it can still acquire focus and you know it is what it is also almost all lenses have a minimum focal distance to which a lens can acquire focus so you will see that often on lenses to as like an extra selling point and they say oh there's a macro mode it can minimally focus below you know a foot and they say it's macro so it doesn't some lenses that are macro give you supreme quality of imagery when you're very close to the focal point and it's macro is used too loosely in today's world when they talk about photography but textbook definition says so otherwise so the canon eos r how big is the sensor well this is this is now a camera we're not talking about phone photography rated at this given moment because I want to drop some facts. So the Canon ESOR has 36 millimeters and 24 millimeters sensor-wise. That's, that's fairly bigger um, considering uh, the other sensor of the Samsung, which is considered frame, which is dual pixel CMOS sensor on the ESOR. It's also 30.3 megapixels, 4K, 8-bit, external, 10-bit. External means is when you hook up a monitor, you get a better bit depth and uh, of the photos, uh, the, the video quality. You get uh, more push of the blacks and the processing, post-processing, the colors out of the video samples that with an external or more uh, monitor for the USR. And let's look at an APS-C, current APS-C for the Canon, because I'm a Canon shooter, so I'm going to talk about Canon gear here. I don't pick sides on camera gear. I just love them all. So the EOS R M50 Mark II sensor size is 22.3 by 14.9 millimeters, and that's considered a crop sensor. Um, 24 megapixels, 4K, and it does 8-bit. Um, and that's another thing that they throw around loosely is 8-bit, 10-bit. Um, to be honest, it uh, is a very loose thrown around terms when they say bits and the editing power of a bit. Okay, so I'm not going to get in deep into that, but the RF28 
um, by 70 f2, which is considered in like one of the best zoom lenses ever created, and it's revolutionary because it's f2 and it's you know it's the lowest aperture zoom that's ever been created, and Canon has a history of doing that. Um, but anyways, so let's talk about this lens a little bit in detail so you can kind of get concepts of how much the new lenses are costing and a little bit of detail behind it. Because most people that talk about mobile photography don't understand anything about photography. And so it's hard to explain why and how. <clears throat> but anyways, I uh, also want to go over... Um, this 28 to 70 RF F2. So it has nine blade diaphragm, which means it's the aperture blades, and it's uh, sometimes you get a creamier aperture if it has more blades. And yeah, nine blade is general for these days. Front row element is 95 millimeters big, so that's a huge element on the front of your your lens. There it has 19 elements and 13 groups, so that's uh. A lot of elements and because it's it's going from you know 28 millimeters to 70 um it's four inches uh, long and 5.5 inches wide and uh it's a really big lens um three thousand dollars usd and four thousand four hundred after tax in canadian but that's in ontario because every province has different taxes Okay, so let's look at another thing. That's a zoom lens. That's an immaculate photo. It's expensive. It's huge. It's the best, one of the best zooms that's ever been created, in my honest opinion. Now let's look at the RF 85 Prime F12. Supreme piece of glass. 13 elements. Nine groups of uh, nine blade rounded aperture. 82 front element size, so it's a little bit smaller, and it's four inches long and 4.6 inches wide in diameter. Um, so it's beautiful lens. Um, and basically, let's look at a crop lens on the EOS uh, M50 Mark II. Let's look at a lens that would go on that. So there's still a 1.6 crop at 51.2 equivalency, but this particular lens is the EFM. 32 millimeter f 1.4 stm it has seven blades diagram aperture so it's lower so you're not going to get a creamy bokeh 14 elements and eight groups and it's 2.4 inches long and 2.2 inches wide um in diameter so basically uh that's the equivalent of a 51.2 uh, millimeter because there's a crop factor due to the smaller sensor size of the M50 Mark II. And that's also a Canon camera that is APS-C. So that just goes to show what these lenses, you know, that costs, I think it's like 500 bucks Canadian before taxes. And it costs, I think, like make two, two something for USD. So very low cost lens. Um, the 85 millimeter is three grand Canadian, and I think it's like, I don't know, like 22, 23 USD. But um, those are just, I'm not, those are factual numbers of how much they cost. I don't know exactly. I know the RF is, I have an eye in that bad boy, and I might drop some dough to get it, but I'm not sure yet. But, anyways, um, yeah, so like lenses, 
they've gotten more pricier. Um, if you're a consumer photographer and you want to just take photos as a hobby and you want to just, you know, snap photos and have fun with it, then the M50 Mark II is guaranteed going to give you a lot of love and it's going to be a sweet little camera body to have fun with, you know. It does 4K, it, you know, it's pretty basic, but it's you can have a lot of good fun with it, you know, produce pretty good uh, social media work about the equivalency as an iPhone 12 Pro Max, basically getting a phone, but without the features of actually being a phone. So, and it's cheaper too. The, the camera body is relatively cheap, but when you talk about the EOS R, you're getting up there. So you're looking at like, I don't know, 25 grand, 2,500 bucks, sorry, $2,500 um, for the body alone. And then, you know, you get one of these RF lenses that are like the elite ones. You know, you're looking at like a $8,000 setup for just a camera and a lens. So that just puts it into perspective when you compare it to an iPhone 12 Pro Max, that's like $2,400, you know. Or you can, if you want the same quality of photos from... An iPhone that's twenty four hundred dollars, you can go and buy the M fifty Mark II for like eight hundred bucks and buy a cheap lens and get the same quality of photos on as the iPhone twelve Pro Max. Essentially, that's what I've viewed on. So that just goes to show that there's more to camera photography with like a mirrorless or a DSLR than just the computational photography side of things and the iPhone 12 Pro Max or the iPhone 12 Pro or whatever the series. And then you got the Samsung S20 and the S21 and Ultra and all that stuff. It's that's like a phone and, you know, it connects to the smartwatch, connects to your all your devices at home. It's kind of like a hub, but it also does photography very well. But do you want to compare them? You're getting on treading waters of what you want to do with them is more the main point. So I'm going to bring up some more points. I asked my um, uh, my fiance. <clears throat> I asked her something. I was like, "What? What would you really say if someone said to you, is a phone better than you know a camera?" Because she knows phone photography. Um, mediocrely and she knows cameras mediocrely and she likes to snap photos you know she's not like doing planned shoots and paid shoots and all that and she's not trying to become an instagram star she just likes taking photos so i asked her a couple questions and i said what makes a camera better than a phone or what makes a phone better than a camera I'm trying to get a non-biased opinion so she says the main thing that came to her mind was lens capabilities you know the loss of quality, that's what comes to my mind as well. I'll talk about that further later. And she said, looks at, the, at the, the, the screens of the things and what, you know, the little screens. And that's what you see it on is how you, you know, you take photos and you just see it on these little screens. You're not seeing it on big computer screens because, you know, most people aren't on computers. Some people are and some people aren't, but, you know, most of the social media is viewed from the phone, so that's a good point. And then I'm going to come back to that later, too. Uh, color retention, the blacks and the highlights, true. If anyone shoots a phone, you can pull the blacks and the highlights way more on a camera than you can on a phone. That's just facts, man. Like, it doesn't look the same. 
Um, overall saturated, it's true. The phone sensors have tend to saturate um, to enhance the picture quality because it knows what the general public like photos looking like. So the AI is basically like a program that adds a preset to the phone picture while you take it. You know, it sits there, analyzes it, adds a preset, and that's kind of like a Snapchat filter, but a very small one. And then um, chromatic aberration. If you know cameras, you know, with lenses, cheap lenses, you get a horrible chromatic aberration, and it's a click of a button in Lightroom to get rid of, but that's one thing that um, phones have a lot of. And the untrained eye wouldn't think of it, but when you're sitting there editing it and you know looking at the photo, you can I can spot it out on a photo in like two seconds, and it drives me nuts. But that's coming from a photographer that's obsessed with photography like myself. But anyways, um, yeah, you get a lot of false hopes thinking you're this amazing photographer when you take a picture with your phone. Um, because you're kind of taking the picture and you're thinking, oh my God, I'm amazing at photography, but the AI is doing a majority of the work. <laughs> Sorry to pop your bubble. Um, misleading because, you know, like, yeah, I guess that's the points that you said. And printing, printing looks okay, but definitely not magazine worthy. And you do not have the control when it comes to printing like you do on a, on a you know, flagship camera or, or a good... DSLR even at that um, like yeah phones this is what I thought of phones are great for social media um, to snap a photo a simple photo you know if you want to do photos of food and stuff just take us a quick photo you know add some light get some natural light going you know um, quick captures uh, cameras give 10 times more control personalization of the photo the ability to make it look the photo how you envisioned it rather than a quick capture so that's a couple of facts that i believe cameras are better and phones and reasons why phones aren't as, as good in my opinion and in my uh, my girlfriend's opinion so <clears throat> magazines in 2020 here's some facts about magazines and i'm curious to see if you know this can shed light on what's actually going on. Magazines in 2020 sales are on the decline. 2020 was a good year due to the pandemic. The magazine sales did rise a pretty decent amount. If you invested in magazines, you probably did good on your returns this year. Um, but uh, the current pandemic, you know, before that, um, profits from 46 billion U.S. in 2007 to just over 26 billion in 2019. So like you're looking at, you know, like I don't know 11 more years, you know, or 12 more years and you your margins from profits are just tanking, man, with magazines. So gives you a perspective and show you kind of like, okay, so what you know, the future of this magazines might be actually kind of going to be gone. Like, it seems like everything is going towards social media. Everything is gearing towards online and phones. And just wait a little bit before I add a twist to this. 
Let's look at this. Um, Facebook's pixels. This is the best picture quality you can get on Facebook. So you can get a 2,048 pixel square um, footage um, on Facebook. Reduces the long side of photos, and it's 2,000 by 48 to 30 megabytes. 30 megabytes, dude. Okay. Um, so there's the, it's the pixels that you're losing, and that's why social media um, doesn't look like when you take a photo or I edit it on my uh, editing bay or my computer, desktop, laptop, anything else that has a, a different type of screen to view it on rather than a backlit um, screen that phones have, you know. Because you're seeing, you're getting false light, so it enhances the PPI, but we'll get into that. Instagram pixels, maximum Instagram resolution is 1080 pixels wide, and it's a square, so it's 1080 pixels on the long side. And Instagram added um, uh, a different shape for Instagram ads, and that's still 30 megabytes, dude. That's the max, you know picture quality that you can upload let's look at twitter the twitter pixels because I, I see pictures on twitter all the time but mostly gifs but i do see pictures and i like looking at instagram uh, twitter gram, twitter pictures twitter gram jesus no i like looking at twitter pictures so i upload sometimes so there's a 1024 by 512 pixels max file size is five megabytes of photo and gifs of course get up to 15 megabytes so they're like 15 seconds so twitter definitely made for texting but you can still get an image across and it's funny and you, you can have a lot of gifs and you have fun with gifs i like twitter so let's look at something else in the other spectrum rather than social media let's look at a camera that i got you know i'm like taking photos i'm obsessed but the eos r the raw dp the dpr is 55.2 megabytes and that's just the file size so it's almost a little bit less than half of what the file size is allotted for social media okay but the raw file size is 31.1 megapixels, and that's native resolution for the EOS R is 6,720 pixels wide. And the PPI that is the best viewing, and I'll get into PPI, is 300 PPI. Okay. Which would basically print an image up to 22.4 inches wide, and you would it would look beautiful. But... There's ways around that, and if you're a printer, you would understand. Okay. The optimal resolution for the web, though, should be 72 PPI pixels per inch. The Facebook uh, cover size is 851 by 315 pixels for both Facebook profile and Facebook pages. Okay. So that PPI is only 72. So that's all you're, you're getting, which is super low, low quality photos. So when you see one of my photos on my Facebook or on social media, you're not seeing it how I see it. You're seeing it how the social media wants you to see it. And there's a reason for this, I believe. So I'm going to go on.
PPI. Let's let's learn about PPI before I go any more in depth about the PPI. PPI stands for pixels per inch, density of pixels within a digital image. Pixels count, on the other hand, refers to the number of pixels across the length and width of the digital image and the image dimensions in the pixel. What is the PPI for the iPhone 12 Pro Max? Similar as the Pro and the screen size is about 6.7 inches, which is the resolution of 2,778 by 1,284 resolution at 458 PPI. Sounds good on paper. Okay, so that, now you know what PPI is. Pixels per inch, density of pixels. Wah, wah, wah. Let's look at the... Let's look at the the let's look at something that's really intriguing you know let's let's listen to this the samsung galaxy s20 ultra display is 6.8 inches 3200 by 1440 pixels and the ppi for that is 515 which is a pretty big amount of pixels per inch that you're getting in that Samsung Galaxy S21 5G Ultra display, okay? So that's 515 PPI, okay? And the, let's see, the iPhone is 458 PPI, and the best native PPI, but with cameras, you can change the PPI. Phones and stuff, you can't. Um, but you only change the PPI because it's for the value of printing. And that's where there's kind of a difference. That's why when I defined you the purpose of PPI and the definition, it uh, described two definitions. But that's 300 PPI for the USR. Okay? So 300 PPI for the USR, um, 400 and something. Let's see. 515 for the Samsung Galaxy S21 Ultra 5G and 458 for the iPhone 12 Pro Max. Okay, so this is that. And my okay, check this out. And my BenQ SW2 2700 um, specs. It's just a photography monitor. It's been out for years. Looks phenomenal though. It does. It's a 2K monitor. Um, 27 inch monitor resolution, 2560 by 1440. It's a 16 by 9 in ratio. And check this out the pixels per inch are 109 ppi. Weird, right? But yet my photos look better on my photography monitor than any phone and anything. But there's a reason for that. And that's because it's a certain kind of monitor that doesn't have the backlit. It's not backlit. So it's not giving you false color rendition. It's not ad advancing your picture quality by adding light. Because what makes a picture better? Light. You have to understand lighting in so many ways when it comes to photography. And I'm going to explain a little bit further. Okay. So let's explain PPI. This is uh, is more PPI. Like the higher the PPI, is it better? 
Higher resolution means that more pixels per inch PPI resulting in more pixels information and creating a high quality crisp image and images. Images with lower resolution have fewer pixels, are too large, usually with an image and stretched, they can become visible to the naked eye. Okay, If it's low, like my BenQ is, what was it? 109 PPI, so it's low. Why am I not seeing massive pixels? Well, there's a reason for that. I think I figured it out. Well, okay, so what does that tell you anyways? So the, everyone's like ranting and raving about these new phones and they take phenomenal pictures, you know, but my camera does 300 PPI natively. My desktop that looks better than my camera and my phone on the images takes 109 ppi is it the lower and no it's not because i just read you those facts the higher the more detail the more sharpness the more everything well there's a reason for that tells this tells me that it's not the sensor of the phone it's the screen dude the freaking screen is the ppi that you're reading for that it's not the sensor's ppi it's the screen pixels per inch right so the better your screen size the better your photo will look that's the secret to computational photography it has nothing to do with the sensor other than the programs that add presets to the sensor while you take the photo but the quality of the photo doesn't come from the sensor it comes from the screen because the screen tricks people into thinking the photo is better than it is. That's why when you take a phone with an iPhone 12 Pro Max and a Samsung Galaxy S21 5G Ultra, and the photos look phenomenal. But when I go to print it, it doesn't. And that's because your screen will enhance it. What did I say before? The light, the backlight screens are enhancing the PPI. It's allowing more pixels per inch to show better because it's backlit. So, interesting, isn't it? So let's move on. So what's the bigger picture here? If screens are enhancing the photos of the phone to increase and make you think that the photos are better, but really it's the screen and how they function, like the backlit and just the pixels per inch in the screen. So is social media basically favoring a platform where it lives on like the phone, like an investment with a guaranteed return, okay? Because what does Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, they need phones to be popular. And those are multi-billion dollar industries. It's same with kind of like YouTube too. That's why it doesn't matter if you have 8K for a YouTube video, because even me being a, a, a fun, for fun YouTuber, I notice that majority of people watch it on the phone. They don't even watch it on desktops, dude. And some people watch it at home on TV, some, and that's very few. I'm talking about thousands. I have like 30,000 views on YouTube as of now. Actually, I haven't checked in a while. I probably got more. But anyways, okay, so... Social media is like an investment that's guaranteed. Limiting photo quality to make basic phone photos look better 
on the mobile-based platforms where the phones are the main investment. A camera, on the other hand, is a device that isn't just designed with social media in mind, but of dozens and dozens of other applications rather than a main investment with a guaranteed return. Focus on social media. Maybe that's what the phone should do. Maybe that's what the camera should do, I mean. So should cameras maybe come up with like an Instagram camera and a Facebook camera or a camera that does like all these social media platforms and fits in tons and tons of PPI, pixels per inch, for that sensor because they're capable of doing that and make it a phenomenal photo without even the crop that reduces the PPI. If they make it with PPI in mind, then the camera sensors for social media is uh, would, would take off more so than phones. But they'd have to make it a general purpose consumer camera because I'm sorry, the average consumer doesn't have eight grand to spend on taking photos. That's, you know, a professional and a high quality professional at that. You have to have lots and lots of money coming in if you want to constantly buy new and improved camera gear. A camera is every purpose, and the consumer is 99.9% .9 with social media in mind. Or is the photography where mirrorless professionals on only geared towards high-end processing and the housewife photographer extension house hobby photographer extension the hobbyist killer is what the phone is. This is my mic drop for today. Didn't actually drop the mic, it's too expensive. But I want to play the outro. Welcome everybody to the concepts of camera attack. Don't get attacked by your camera. Peace. Camera attack, camera attack. Don't let your wallet get attacked by a camera. Camera attack, camera attack. Don't get mad at the facts.